So here we go. We're going to back up to the bottom of yesterday's daf. Today's daf is daf mem hey. We're going to begin, however, again from the six lines from the bottom of daf mem dalit on Bez. Omar le rav acha bereider of avila ravashi. Let's chazer over this gemara because this is really the the beginning of the new sugya. Okay, and we're discussing again. A few different in Yonim, but uh, over here we're dealing with Tam Ke'ikr, that a flavor, if something has flavor inside of it, it's considered like Ikr. It's as if it's there, right? And we brought down a few sources for what this would be. One would be Nazir, where we find the word of Mishras. That's what we're going to speak about right now. The word Mishras means that even if flavor is infused, but you don't have actual essence over there. So by a nazir, it's going to be usher, uh, a nazir is not allowed to eat something that even has grape flavor, even if there's no actual grape in it. That was one idea. And then we also quoted Rabbi Akiva yesterday, who taught us another makar for Tom Ke'ikr, another source of Tom Ke'ikr that a flavor could be a primary thing, and that was from the battle against the Midyanim, when we had to kosher our vessels. Why do you got to kosher your vessels? The only thing inside of it is flavor. The non-Jewish Midyanim, uh, there's no actual treif in there right now. What's the whole issue? The flavor that's inside the walls. So you see from over there, from the fact that the Torah demands that we kosher vessels that were used by a guy, shows Tom Ke'ikr, shows that a flavor is considered an integral part of it. Okay, so again, we're backing up now six lines from the bottom of Mem Dalid. Amud beis. Amud le ravacha braid the ravabi le ravashi. Ravacha the son of ravabi says to ravashi. Midrabbana nishmal rabbi akiva. From the rabbanon, let's understand shitas rabbi akiva. Meaning as follows. Milai amri amri rabbanon mishasit dam keker. Don't the rabbanon say that the word mishras of infused flavor lets us know tam keker that if a nazir is not allowed to have even the grape flavor, that means it's mamish like he's eating grape. Mikana Todon, so take this halacha of Nazir and learn this as the source, Likali Surim Shebatira, to any other Isser in the Taira, and say that Tam Ke'ikr there as well. The same way a Nazir is not allowed to have a grape flavor, so too will apply it everywhere else. That's what the Rabbanon say. Asks the Gemara, so the Rabbi Akiva Nami, according to Rabbi Akiva as well, when we say that the word mishras, that infused taste, infused flavor, is letting us know combined measurements, when you have, have a chazi shear of uh, half a measurement of kosher and a half a shear of non-kosher, specifically by a nazir, you have a half a kazayas of grape and a half of a kazayas of bread. That's what Rabbi Akiva did with the pasuk to learn that, oh, by nazir, you're going to be chay of even for a half a kazayas. Rabbi Akiva, the same way the Rabbonon used the halacha of Nazir to teach me that flavor is usr throughout any isr in the Torah, Rabbi Akiva, who uses the word Mishras not for Tom Kicker, but rather he uses the word Mishras to tell me that a Nazir is high of even for eating a half of a kazayas of grape. So he should use that as a source for kolatarakula. That's so too anywhere else. If I eat a kazayas of food and it's a, half of the food is bacon 
and half of the food is a kosher hamburger, I should be chayev. Because of Nazir, Nazir should be my source. Answers the Gemara, Omar Lay. So Rav Avia, Rav Acha, the son of Rav Ashi, says back to Rav Acha, Breder Rav Avia. Omar Lay, he says to him, and this is where we ended off in this step yesterday. Mishum Dahav Nazir Vechata Shneks of Vamgechad, Rabbi Akiva says that you're not going to be able to use a Nazir as a source. That when you eat a half a measurement, you're chayev. Because there's, that halacha applies to Nazir, and that halacha applies to chatas as well. The Torah tells me by chatas as well, that when you eat half, and uh, iser, together with half after, it combines to the kazayas. So now I have shnek suvah bom ke'echad, like we ended off yesterday with, the ein malamdin. And anytime the Torah writes a halacha in two places, you cannot learn out any further places from it, period. Okay? Now the Gemara is going to explain how a snake suva bam But I want to talk outside for a minute just to explain if anybody is not clear and doesn't re- recall how we explained this yesterday. It's Kedai to Chazer this. It's Kedai to learn this over. Let's talk the Gemara outside for just a moment. So far, what we've had is the following approach. If you find a halacha somewhere in Torah, generally you're allowed to apply it to other places. Generally. However, if the Torah writes a unique halacha in two places, all of a sudden I'm limited. What was the logic that we expressed yesterday for this? The logic is, since if I only say it once, I would know to apply it elsewhere, so why are you saying it twice now? The second location where you're telling me the same halacha is an unnecessary location because I would have known it without even mentioning it. Clear? Why are you giving me a second location for the same halacha? It must be the Torah only wants it to be in these two locations and no further locations. That's the rule of v'chol now, if we understand this, you said, we can understand our Gemara. Our Gemara said, according to the Chachamim, that Tam Ke'ikr is learned out from Mishras, from infused taste. So I'm going to take the Halacha of Nazir and say the same way a Nazir is forbidden to have infused taste. Everywhere else in the Torah as well as Usr. I can't buy... Uh, non uh, a pot that was used for non kosher, and use it without koshering it. Why not? Because it has non kosher taste. Where do you know that from? Nazir. Makes sense. Okay. That's the rabban. Asks the Gemara Kasha to start out today's Gemara. Gemara asks the question, Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, according to you, who you don't use the word mishras to teach me infused flavor. You use the word mishras to let me know that if a nazir eats a half of a kazayas of grape and a half of a kazayas of bread, it joins together to be usr. It's a a chumrah of nazir. You, Rabbi Akiva, shouldn't that halacha be a source to all over the Torah as well? The same way by a nazir, if you eat a half of a kazayas, you're chayav. Why don't we apply that everywhere in the Torah? 
answers the Gemara, and this was the last step we just read, because Rabbi Akiva says, the Torah tells me the halacha of combination by Nazir, and also by a Karban Chatas. And since this writes it in two places, this is why I can't use Nazir as a source anymore. Now, we don't know yet this halacha of a Karban Chatas. So that's what we're about to get into right now. Here we go. Nazir Hadamar, the halacha of Nazir, we said that that's what we just expressed, right? You have a half of a uh, half a kazayis grape, half a kazayis bread. You're going to be chayiv if you eat it together. Chatos mahi. What's halach of a karba chatos? That if you have a half iser, half heter, it combines to iser. The time of the brayso, kol asher yiga bibsara yikdash. Whatever touches the meat of a carbon chatos, the halacha is yikdash that also becomes holy. What does that mean? I would have thought even if it doesn't take in, the word bala means to swallow. I would have thought even if it doesn't swallow the taste of the carbon chatas, it's considered holy as, as just by touching it. Talmud Laimar, bivsara, it has to be inside of its meat, which means ad bala babosar. It's only kaddish, it's only hektish, if it's swallowed up inside of the cracks of the meat, yikdash lihiyais kamaya. And it is kadosh to be just like it. If you have chatas meat, and you have chulin meat, and the chulin meat absorbs and swallows in the chatas flavor, now it becomes a carbon chatas. If the carbon chatas, now something goes wrong, it became pickle, something happened, the sprinkling didn't go well, guess what? If, that's, if that goes bad, anything that absorbs its flavor goes bad. Then ksherahi, and if the chata stays cool, it's great. Teyachel kechamor sheba. So then, whatever took in its flavor also has to be eaten with the same stringencies as the karba chatas. So you see from here that you find a combination of foods not only by nazir, but a second location as well. You find the combination of chatas and another type of meat. They combine. So now it's Shnei Suva Bam Ke'echad. And since I have two places, two locations teaching me the same halacha, it's going to be specific to these locations. That if I have a half a shear of this and half a shear of that, it combines. But elsewhere, outside of Chattas and Nazir, it doesn't combine. If I eat a half a kazayas of bacon and a half a kazayas of hamburger, I'm not chayiv. I'm not chayiv. Okay. Says the Gemara. The Rabbanon are using their source of Nazir to be, teach us flavor to everywhere. Rabbi Akiva is not using himself as a source to teach us about combinations because he has snakes who have bomb The Gemara is going to ask, what about the Rabbanon? Why don't the Rabbanon, who are learning everything out from Nazir, why don't they also call the snakes who have from Chatas? So that's going to be the Gemara's next kash. The Rabbanon, the Rabbanon as well. We should learn out that, that Chatas and Nazir uh, should be Shneksu Abam teaching me that Tam Ke'ikr. Gemara says, Amri Yahanu Mitzrach Srichi. That, that, no. The, the Rabbanon hold that's not Shneksu Abam You know why? Because, and here's another Yisait. It's, it's so difficult to like go through the depths of, of each Yisait at Drusha. It takes an hour each one. But there's a, there's a rule to Shneksu Abam 
there's a catch to it. And that's as follows. Granted, if the Torah is something in two locations, it's limited to those two locations and you can't learn it out further. However, if there's a reason why the Torah had to write the halacha in the second location, if there's a unique reason, so then it's no longer an issue. It's no longer limiting me. It's not considered Shnei Ksuvah Ke'achad anymore. The only reason why Shnei Ksuvah Ke'achad ain't melamdin is because why'd you write it in the second location? It wasn't necessary. Why'd you write it there? It must be because the HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to limit the halacha. You didn't have to write it there. However, if we find a reason why the Torah needed to write in the second location, so that second location is no longer limiting the first location. It can't limit it. You're going to say, right, so why'd you write it a second time? I've got, I've got another reason why I wrote it a second time. An outside reason. Whatever the reason is. But if there's another reason, it no longer limits the first halacha. And I now will be able to use halacha number one as a source. The Rebbe Akiva. And what's Rebbe Akiva going to say? Rebbe Akiva is going to say, no. What are you going to say? You need the halacha of Nazir and Chatas? Not true. It makes sense if the Torah would have only written halacha of Chatas and left out Nazir. Like Amar Nazir Mina. I wouldn't be able to learn out Nazir from there to Chulim. Because Nazir is not allowed to eat even Chulim. Chatos uh, is dealing with Kachim, and halacha is halachas of Chulin are not learned out from halachas of Kachim. Okay. But, Ella Liftai Brahman of Nazir. Excuse me, but if the Torah would have only written the halacha of, of um, combination foods by Nazir, which is Chulin, the Tasi Chatos, the Tigramina, and then I'll be able to learn out a Chatos from it, the Hakolishun Shabbatarak, Gomarami Nazir. Because every Isser in the Torah could be learned out from Nazir. So Taka wasn't necessary, says Rabbi Akiva, to write by Akar Machatas. So why did I write it by Akar Machatas? To make, to make it Shnei Ksuvah Bom Kechot. That's going to be Rabbi Akiva's response. What are the Rabbana going to say back to that? Okay. The Rabbana, now it's the Rabbana's turn to bet. They're going to say, Amrilach Mitzrach Tzrichi. No, it's not Shnei Ksuvah Bom Kechot. Mitzrach Tzrichi. Both places are needed. I'll tell you why. Because a chatas leheter mitzdarif leiser to teach us halacha of something that's allowed to join together that's something that's not allowed, I wouldn't have known. And we have a second rule. Oh, uh, you can't learn out the halachas of chulin from hilchas kachim. The word mishras gives us tam keikr mikanat adon lecholaterakula. And the Mela will still be able to have a source because there's a reason why it's written in the second location. And the Mela, Nazir is going to be my primary, my, my, my only, not my primary, my only source of Tom Ke'ikar. to be my only source. And now I will be able to learn out elsewhere. Rebbe Akiva. What's Rebbe Akiva? It's his turn to bat now. What's he going to respond back? He'll say, Tarvayu lahetev mesarif leiser. Both Sukkim by Nazir and Chatos are letting us know the same thing, and therefore, period. Okay, so that's the whole back and forth between the Rabbanon and Rabbi Akiva. And I want to point something out very shortly. We're almost at the Mishnah. I want to get to the Mishnah. I'm going to point out of the, uh, of, we're going to come out with a fascinating uh, Maskana over here. Well, we're just going to, we're going to focus on Rabbi Akiva for one more step, okay? 
is not allowed to eat the grapes, the seeds of the grapes, the the skins of the grapes. He can't eat anything. This lets us know that all the foods of, of a nazir are mitzdarif. You can't eat a half a kazayas of grape seeds and half a kazayas of, of wine. Right? You can't eat half and half because that's mitzdarif. It joins together. Hashler bekiva iser v'hetter mitzdarifim. So you see for a bekiva, iser v'hetter ar mitzdarif, iser v'iser mitzdarifim. Why do you got to say iser v'iser? So you see from this pasuk that something that's mutter does not combine with something that is usher when it comes to a nazir. And memela, the second location is necessary. Amar le, Rav Kana says back, iser v'heter b'bas achas, iser v'iser b'zeh achar No, it's still necessary to write the two, the two separate halachas. Why? Because one halacha is going to tell me that iser v'heter combined, and not combined, at the same time, I have a half a kazayis of heter, half a kazayis of iser combines to be a shirak vazayis. Now, other it's usher. And the second pasuk is letting me know if I eat, a, let's say, I eat a half a kazayis of iser and a half a kazayis of uh, heter, even when they are eaten not in the same bite, but one right after the other, even there, um, um, you're going to be chayav if it's ze'achar ze. Why? Why are you chayav? I didn't eat it. Because it's within Kedai Achilas Pras. It's within Kedai Achilas Pras. If I eat it within the same nine minutes, even though I did end up eating a total shear of Isser, it's going to be a problem. Okay. Here's what's fascinating. Okay. We're up to the mission now. And the mission is going to be a brand new, fascinating, and a much easier discussion. A lot less complex once we get the basic rule. But what we're coming out with is something interesting. And that is that both Rabbi Akiva and the Chachamim, after all this arguing, agree in all cases, besides for one. They agree by Achatas, they agree by Koli Sur and Shepetera. They're just arguing by Nazir, whether the Mishras of Nazir is referring to an actual combination of foods or whether a flavor. But outside of that, Lamaisa, you know, this is this machlekas over here is just la hagdil tayru la dira for 99% of the cases. Because in the end of the day, they're gonna be agree, they're gonna be agreeing in 99% of the cases after their machlekas. They agree Tom Iker, they agree that things are that uh Isser Mitzarev uh by Karmachatas, they just don't agree how to darshan a nazir. That's really what we're coming out with, and it's the um, interesting how this all uh, pulls back together in the end. Okay, next mission. This is very interesting. Let's talk outside for a few minutes, and then it's gonna. It should. It should go very smooth. There's many, many different types of dough. There's many different types of dough. Types meaning consistencies. Some doughs are fluffier, some doughs are harder, some doughs are mamish like yeasty, right? We even have sourdough, dough that becomes sour, it itself becomes sa'ar. It itself becomes yeast as it molds, okay? That being a fact, 
there were times, apparently, we're going to see from the Mishnah, where people didn't only make dough, l'shem eating. People made dough for many purposes. The purpose we're going to talk about in our Mishnah is as a plaster, a sealant. I got a crack in my earthenware bowl, for example. There's a crack in it. I want to fill up the crack. What people stick in there? Dough. It was able to be formed right now. Nowadays, the kids come home with Play-Doh and get all over the couch and get all over it. There could be real chametz in Play-Doh. Yeah? So they would, they would use their dough as Play-Doh and they would use it to fix up vessels. This next mission is going to discuss what happens if I have a vessel that's been fixed up with dough? It was three months before Pesach. I got something wrong with my bowl and I stuff it up with dough. That dough is not meant to be eaten. That dough is not going anywhere. That dough is a plaster. Do I have to throw out my bowl before Pesach? Can I even use it on Pesach? Is it a problem to use it? And what we're going to learn is that it depends on how you use the dough and where you use the dough. Primarily, and I'm saying this just to be able to understand the mission in the beginning, the Gemara is going to change around this understanding. But just to be able to understand the Mishnah, primarily the Mishnah is going to tell us that if the dough is put into cracks of the vessel where it's playing an integral part of the bowl now, like the bowl is functioning because I sealed it with dough, then it's fine to have on Pesach. It's fine. If the dough is so important to the bowl, so now it has the name of a bowl, it's not called dough. It's a bowl. The more important it is to the bowl, the less of an issue it is to have on Pesach. If it's not important to the bowl, and it's in a location of the bowl that, hey, the guy put it there so it doesn't crack further, but it's not really set there as like a real sealant to hold things inside the bowl. So then it might be a problem. Okay? That's going to be the, the svara that we're bouncing off. A very interesting uh, idea. And without further ado, let's get going. Zuck the Mishnah. To a little bit more than halfway down on Memhayam When you have dough that is inside the cracks of the kneading bowl, if you have a kazayis of dough in one place, so then in one place of the bowl. Okay? Now, the Gemara is going to have to explain how big of a place and what happens if I if it's like stretched out, you know? What happens if it's like a kazayas but stretched out to like help out in different areas? So we'll talk about that. But if it's a kazayas, chay of levire. You got to get rid of it no matter what. And if it's not a kazayas, so then it's considered bottle, it's not dough anymore. 
It's not dough. It's a bowl. This dough is now called bowl. The chen l'inyan tuma. The same thing holds true with tuma. Okay? It's only considered chashuv if it's a kezayis. If it's not a kezayis, it's not makabal tuma. In makvid alav chaitzitz. Okay? And if a person is makbit on it, if a person doesn't want the dough there in the first place, it's going to be considered a chatzitza. So let's say the, the, the bowl becomes tummy, And you got to dip it in the mikveh. You got you to gotta kasher it. And you got this piece of dough there, and people don't want that there. I, I don't want it there. So it's going to be get, get in the way of being metahirit. But if you want it there permanently, harehu so now it's mamish considered the mixing bowl itself and there's no problem with having it there okay very interesting mishnah and this mishnah took us in one scenario of the dough in the bowl took us into hilchas chametz it took us into hilchas tuma and tara about touching and also about about chatzitza all right if something's considered a chatzitza Says the Gemara. The Mishnah, which says that if it's less than a Kezayis, it's okay. But bigger than a Kezayis is not okay, is only true if the dough was put on the side of the mixing bowl where it's not actually holding something. It's not playing a prominent role in the bowl. It's off to the side. It's not actually holding anything. But let's say my dough is placed in the bottom of the mixing bowl where it's mamish needed to hold things together. Leave it there. No problem because this is not considered dough. This is called bowl. Says the Gemara, you could infer from this halacha, that let's say it's less than a kezayis, if we're saying that by a kezayis, it's only a problem if it's off to the side. But a full kezayis on bottom, a full kezayis, on the bottom of the bowl, playing a prominent role, is okay, that seems to imply that if it's if it's less than a kezayis, it's always okay. Whether it's on the bottom, whether it's on the top. That's going to be the diuk. A sensible diuk. Says the Gemara. But there are some that say that this statement was said on the safe of the Mishnah, meaning that if you don't have a kezayis in one place, so then it's it's bottle because it's so it's just a, a small amount, right? The dough becomes null null and void. It's not considered dough anymore. Now it's con- then it's bottled to the bowl. It's called a the, then it's called a bowl. Because you don't have a kazayas. says This is only true if it's made towards the bottom of the bowl, where it's playing an important part of the bowl. So now it's not dough. By less than a kezayis. Let's, let's say the less than a kezayis dough is off to the side. 
Chayav Levi. So it's still called though. You can't call it bull because it's not playing an important role in the bull. It's off to the side. So it was something that's off to the side, even though it's less than a kazayas, you're going to have to get rid of it. Mechlal, if that's the understanding of the Mishnah, then we'd be able to infer the kazayas. Let's say it would be so big, the size of a kazayas. I feel makamasi lechazik chayv levai. No matter what, even if it's on bottom, you would be obligated. See here? We have two different approaches into how to infer the halacha of the Mishnah. And both approaches come out with conflicting halachas. And we're, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> and we're not sure which one is correct. We're not sure. How do I darshan? Am I darshaning it the Reisha? Or do I darshan it with the Seifa? If I darshan it with the Reisha, so then if it's less than a Kazayis, I can always keep it in my bowl. If I'm darshaning it with the Seifa, then less than a Kazayis depends on the location. And bigger than a Kazayis, you always need to get rid of it. Says the Gemara, Tanya Kalishna Kama, Tanya Kalishna I'll show you Brysis that seem to imply both ways, okay? Which is a contradiction which we're going to have to roll through in our Gemara. But where are these Brysis that seem to support the two approaches? Tanya Kalishna Kama, we have a Brysa which seems to imply the first way that if it's less than a Kazayas, you're always allowed to keep it. But if you have dough inside of the cracks, of a kneading bowl, if it's in a place where it's needing to hold things, it's playing a, a crucial part of the bowl, it's not considered a chatzitza, and you're allowed to have it on Pesach, but if it's off to the side, and it's not important, then you got a problem, it's not considered part of the bowl anymore, and if you leave your dough in, it's going to be a separation from the water, and if you have it on Pesach, the, it's still called dough. It never took on the status of a bull because it wasn't important enough to the bull. And when is this true? Because only if it's as big as the Kazayas. Let's say it's less than the Kazayas. Let's say is always okay. That was the Lishna Kamba. That was the first inference of the Mishnah. And where's the Brysa the other way? The Tanik Lishna Basra. We have a Brysa which seems to imply, seems to infer. The other way, the Brysa tells us if you have dough that's stuck into the cracks of the, of the mixing bowl, if it's in a crucial place of the bowl, a place that's playing a dominant role towards the bottom, it's holding things, top of Amad Beis, so now it's called a bowl, and the dough is not going to be a chatzitza, it's not going to be a separation, and it's also not going to be a transgression on Pesach, because it's not called dough. But let's say the dough is in a place of the bowl that's not crucial, doesn't hold anything, so then it's still called dough. So now it's going to be considered a separation. And you're chayav on Pesach if you own it. When is this true? Only when it's less than an olive does it make an afkamina where it's located. Let's say it's the size of a total olive. No matter what, it's going to be a uh, it's it's going to be a, an avera to have it on Pesach. So here you have a brisa like the Lishna Basra, saying that 
when you have a kazayas, it's always a problem. Only when it's less than the kazayas does it depend where the dough is, is in the bowl. All right. So we had the conflicting diukim. And now we have a brisa supporting both ways to make a diuk. And now the Gemara is going to say, shkayach. So, so you, just, you just made a bigger issue than we had before. Before we had an issue of diuk. Now you're telling me these prizes themselves are one big walking contradiction. Kashyona hadadi. So these prizes are, are contradicting each other. What are we going to do? What's the halacha? What are we supposed to do? Tavshim payal. You're sitting here. I got big guns telling me both ways. You didn't help me. It made me more confused. Amar Ravuna. Ravuna says, Sami kilsumikami chamirta. Whichever one is more lenient... Don't follow that one. Follow the Chumradika one. Follow the Chumradika one. Okay? Now, which one's the Chumradika one? The Lishnabasr. The one that said, when it's a Kazayas, it's for sure a problem. Less than Kazayas depends on its location. That's the Chumr. So he says, follow Lishnabasr, not the Lishnikam. Rabbi says, what in the world does that mean? What, you're not sure what to do? So all of a sudden, you just, you, you just, you just want to be machmir and walk away. Tanya shalak de ba'alma. So anytime there's machlekes, you're going to throw out all the opinions of the tanayim that, that aren't, uh, aren't machmir. Tanoi, I want to tell you something. It, you don't have to throw out an opinion and say, oh, so we don't care about that b'risa. No, taka machlekes tanayim. The tanayim learned the b'risa. Pasha ifsha. If you have old, uh, if you have old bread. Now, what would they do with the old bread? What would they do? They would use it as yeast, right? That's what they did. They would take these doughs, and once they became moldy, so the, the, the science of this bread would itself turn into yeast. So what happens when the bread becomes yeast? It loses its status of food, and now it's called yeast in a bag. So the Bryce says, Apasha, if you have bread that became moldy, you've got to get rid of it on Pesach, before Pesach, when Pesach, when Pesach, because a person might turn it into little crumbs, and you're going to now make it yeast for other breads. Rishim Rishim says, and when do we say you got to get rid of it so that it doesn't turn into yeast? That's That's when. Why are you holding on to the moldy bread? Because you think it's cool. You think it's cool. You think it's fancy. It's a fancy type of food. Yeah, you can eat it. Yeah, you like it. Okay. Of all, but... But if, let's say, a person takes a whole brick of, of sa'ar, and you, I decide, you know what? It's no longer bread. Hare's a chair. This is now a chair. Butla. So now it's butla. It's not considered food. It's considered a chair. And you're allowed to have it on Pesach. We can infer He's obviously arguing on somebody. So Tanakama obviously hold that even if you turn it into a chair, it's not bottle. You see, Tanakama must hold that anything that has the size of a kazayas, even if a person decided to be mavatle and say it's a chair, it's not bottle. So you see a very clear machlekas tanayim. You gave a good shot in how we're supposed to understand something that has the size of a kazayas because you told us what happens when you turn it into a chair. 
But pochas mi kezayas mi teratzta, what are you going to do about the contradiction in prices when you mamish have a minimal amount? That, that Bryce wasn't discussing a, a minimal amount, a small amount, so I'm still going to have a contradiction between the Lishna Kama and Lishna Basra as far as that halacha. So the Gemara says, Both prices are really Rishim ben Elazar, Okay? He says, I'll tell you the difference in the prices. They're actually not a contradiction. Except one Brysa, which says that the dough was put into a place that does not hold items, that's talking about the part of the bowl where the kneading is done, and the other one is talking about where it's done in part of the bowl where the kneading is not done. And the Gemara is going to explain the nafkamina now. Okay, Now, if you think about it, before we explain the nafkamina, when you're kneading, usually, if... You have a cup or a bowl, so the the it's towards the bottom of the cup where things are going to primarily be held. However, when you're kneading and you stick your hand into a bowl, so the dough tends to rise up on the sides as well. The sides of the bowl become just as equally an important part of the mixing bowl as the actual bottom. Otherwise, your dough is going to fall out. Saravashi so explains, Omar Ravashi, we're not dealing with uh, where it's mamish like uh, you know so high. We're dealing with the 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 lip of the mixing bowl. And over there, when it's by the lip of the mixing bowl, that's when no matter what, you gotta get rid of any dough. But towards the side, you could take a leaf some there. Says Gamora Pshita, yeah, I know that the tippy top of a bowl is not important, and you're going to have to get rid of the chametz. The one says, no, it's not so pasher. Mahu tame, I would have thought to say, sometimes when you're mixing dough, since it moves around, it even goes up and, and touches the lip. And therefore, if I have less than a kezayis of dough over there, maybe it's taka a bottle to the bowl, because there's times where even the lip of the bowl is important. Kamash and therefore, the chiddush over here is that, no, no matter what, if it's something that's so high up, in the mixing bowl, that that uh, it's it's by the lip, then if you have a kazayas for sure, you can't keep it on Pesach, and even poch as many kazayas, even if it's less than the kazayas, it's also not bottle, and you're not allowed to keep it. Okay. What is the halacha lemaisa? What's halacha lemaisa over here? Omar of Nachman, Omar Rav, halacha kerebi Shimon ben Alazar. Listen to this. Akula. Akula, big leniency. The halacha is like Rishim ben Elazar, that if I have bread that became moldy, a big block of bread that became moldy, and instead of turning it into yeast for other breads, I say, Hareze booster chair for my baby. It's a booster chair. And you don't need to get rid of it on Pesach. Says Gmarini, it's not true. If you smeared plaster, um, um, across the entire top of something. Uh, this is talking about the moldy dough, the moldy challah that I'm turning into my chair. Okay? So we had Rav, Rav Shimon Lazar tell us, if I have intent, then now it's a booster chair. Now it's going to be for my baby, yeah, to be elevated. So then it's okay. So come on, one second. There's a brysa which says, 
says the name of Rav. So I'm wrong. That if only if you smeared plaster across the top of it, mamish, making it into a chair, is it considered a chair? Toch in loy toch loy. But if it's you didn't uh, put plaster around it, so it keeps its status of bread, and you're not allowed to keep it on Pesach. So guess what? The halacha. What do we ask? We ask, oh, who's the halacha like? We said like Hashem ben Elazar, who says that oh, if you make it to a chair, it's okay. So the Gemara, no, it's obviously not the halacha like him. Because Rabbi Yisak Barashi says the name of Rav, that the only time it's okay is if you put plaster on it. Rishim ben Elazar never told me to put plaster on it, so he's obviously not the halacha like him. After the Gemara, the Gemara answers, Man de masni ha, loy masni ha. You're right. There's Machlaikas and Rav as to who we paskin like. Machlaikas and Rav, one opinion hold Rav holds like Rabbi Shem ben Elazar. And the other opinion of Rav holds that you need to smear plaster on it. Ikad army, some say it's a little differently. Amr of Nachun Amr Rav. Nachun says the name of Rav. In Allah, Rav Shem and Allah, Allah is not like Rav Shem and Allah, the Amr of Yisra Barashi Amr Rav, because Yisra Barashi has the name of Rav. It's not enough to designate it as a chair. Rather, Imtach Panel Batit, Batla Vichulu, only if you ultimately uh, smear it with plaster does it become bottle. Otherwise, you must get rid of it before Pesach. Period. We are now done with that uh, particular machlekes. Okay. Now, we're going to talk about the same topic, but shift the focus of the dough. And we're going to discuss... measurements of this dough, the size of this dough. Remember we said it has one aloha if it's the size of a kazayas, another aloha if it's less than a kazayas. When we introduced the Gemara and we're reading the Mishnah, we said we're also going to discuss what happens if it's like a spread out kazayas. Right? If it's like stretched out across different parts of the bowl. So now I don't have a kazayas completely in the bottom. It's like different bits and pieces. It's all connected and attached, but it's all different parts of the bull. So what do you do with that? That's going to be this next halacha. Amr of Nachman, Amr Shmuel. Of Nachman says the name of Shmuel. If you have two half kezesim of dough, and you've got a little bit of dough, a string, connecting the two sides, right? So then we look at it as a, we look at the following. If I were to pull the dough, both sides would be connected to it. So now Chayav Levire is considered one big kezayis. The Imla, but if I pick up the string of dough, the two sides are going to fall to the side. It's considered two, uh, two half kezayisim. It's not considered a kezayis. And I'm not, going to be, I'm not going to have to get rid of it before Pesach. This is only true when the dough is together inside of a bowl. Okay? Avobabayis. But let's say I have, um, no, it's in the bowl where you're trying to fix the bowl. But let's say I just have dough lying around my house. So then, Chayev Levar, just because I have a half a kezayis here and half a kezayis there connected with a string of dough, just because if I lift the dough, the two will separate, doesn't allow me to own this dough over Pesach. My time at Zim and the Sometimes you're going to, instead of separating the two, you're going to pick it up together. The Nafal Gabi Adadi, it'll end up being together, and now you're going to have Ayve. A kezayis of chametz on Pesach, 
Memela says, Uli, you're not allowed to do that. Omar Ula says, Bo Memarov, they asked the Shaila in Eretz Yisrael, what about if I have a half a kezayis of dough downstairs and a half a kezayis of dough upstairs? Are, are, sh- should we be concerned? Should we be nervous that you may combine those doughs over Pesach? What about the bayis vachsaj? What about if I have a house and then like a patio? What about if I have two homes, one inside of another? Okay. Now, what do you mean what, two homes, one inside of another? To So... You know, the, the way that their homes were built, they didn't have the same level of privacy. But very often, you had a family that owned a home, they would build like an extension onto the back for their children. And now you had two families living in the same home, but you had to, in order to get to the back home, you had to walk through the front home. So what happens over there? If I have guys there, I have guys there, it could be brought together as well at some point. Do I need to be concerned? Says Gemara, take Tishbi, Yatad, it's Kushis, Vabayas. This is a shayla that we need to ask Eliyahu Hanavi. Tan Rabban, the rabbis learned, and so should we. Apat she'ivsha, bread that became moldy. The nifsto milachal adam, and now a person is not able to eat it. Akelav yachal oichla, but it's still roi lachilas kelav. So it's no longer roi lachilas adam. A human being is not going to eat it, but a dog will eat it. Mitami tumas oichlin bekebeitza. So then it's mitami tumas oichlin, the size of a kebeitza. Okay, so meaning. It's still considered food. If it was food, and people would eat it, just because a human being is not going to eat it, but a dog will still eat it, it's still in the category of food, and it's going to be mitami tomas eichlam bekebeitza. It's considered food. And if it's truma, like we learned at the beginning of the Masechta, you're allowed to burn it with chametz on, uh, with, uh, on, on uh, Pesach, they said the name of Matame. That no, it uh, it does not become Tomei when it is Roy Lachilas Kelev. Meaning, according to Rav Nasan, as long as a person won't eat it anymore, it's not food. That's the Machlaikas. When does something lose its status of food? When people don't eat it, or even when dogs don't eat it? Says the Gemara. Which opinion would the following halacha be follow would the following statement be going like Klal Amru Bitaris they said a rule when it comes to Taharis anything that's set aside for a person to eat Tomei that food can become Tomei it's tummy up until even a dog won't eat it. Command like Rav Nassin. That's not following Rav Nassin. Because here you see, it can't be Roy Lachilas Kelev. Let's finish off the Gemara with one final halacha. Tanu Rabbanon, the rabbis learn so should we. When you have. Um, so Rashi explains over here, this is, the people would tan hides. They would, part of the, one of the ingredients that they would put into the tanning agent was flour. So Rashi explains. So flour, but it wasn't meant, you weren't eating, this was disgusting. But flour was put into this tanning agent, this liquid. And you put flour within three days of Pesach, you're going to have to get rid of it. Before Pesach, as long as the the flour hasn't sat with the liquid for three days, 
it still has a still called flour, and therefore it's chametz. But let's say it's been there for more than three days. So now you, you, you don't you know, now, now you don't need to get rid of it. Amar Rav Nassin says, When does this halacha apply that if it's there less than three days, it's still considered a valid chametz? But if it's in this cleaning agent more than three days, the tanning agent, it's no longer considered chametz. That's when the skins weren't put in yet. You started putting in these smelly hides. So now, even, even if the flour was put in within three days before Pesach, you, it's fine. It's fine. It, it's considered disgusting, and it's considered completely ruined once it's, uh, it's part of a tanning agent that's been put on skins. Amarava, Rava says, Halacha Karav Nasin, the halacha is like Rav Nassin, that and afilu yom echad vafilu sha'a achas, and this is true even if the skins were put in one moment before this man iser, if the flour that was in the cleaning agent touched hides at any point prior to Pesach, that is gross, that is disgusting. It's no longer roy lachilas adam. It is no longer roy lachilas kelev, and everybody's going to be in agreement that it is permitted to own that on Pesach. We're now at the two dots, three lines from the bottom of Memheim Abayz, and we will hold it here for today, a brand new sugya.